0: This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield.
1: Hello and welcome to the Blood Red podcast. A week on from the kids earning their spurs in the FA Cup. It's back to Premier League action this weekend as Liverpool head to Tottenham. I'm Guy Clark and we will be, of course, previewing the weekend's return to league action. And alongside me are three fine gentlemen to do exactly that. On the far side is Joe Rimmer. Joe, how are you doing?
0: I'm good, thanks. How are you?
1: Yeah, not bad, thanks. Yeah. Theo Squires, the first class. Theo Squires in the middle. Yeah.
0: <laughs> how are you doing? I'm good, just thanks.
2: And the tool man, Paul Gorse, the Liverpool SC correspondent. Paul, how are you keeping? Very well, Guy. Yeah, Always good to be on a podcast with yourself. That polished intro you always bring to it. Always yeah, like to I love that. It's my, yeah.
0: my first time with Guy. And I love that. The kids earn their spares. Yeah. And all that, yeah. I like I'm how I've just
3: got someone who's got to
0: hate Tottenham on this one. No yeah, yeah,
1: that's it, yeah. Well, hopefully that doesn't shine through all too much. But... Uh, We'll get straight into it, ghosty. You've been down to Melwood today to speak to the man even taller than yourself, Jürgen Klopp. Yes.
2: And uh, he was in great form. He was. Uh, obviously, getting asked the usual questions about the amount of injuries Liverpool have got and it looks like there'll be no navigator um tomorrow or day on Lovren, Joel Matipas back in training, but he kind of hung that on a little caveat and said that he hasn't been training with the team all week. He's just came back to the team training yesterday, so it doesn't look like he's going to be involved. So he hasn't he hasn't played now since October the 20th at Manchester United, and that's a, a huge run now. If you think, if Liverpool would have come out early on and, and said about him specifically he's going to be out for three months, there would have been huge panic. So Liverpool have kind of kept that under wraps you know, quite well or quite fiendishly, <clears throat> however way you want to look at it. But um, he might be back on the bench here, and Shaqiri could be back. Um, so all, they all seem to be coming back at, at a good time for Liverpool at a time when obviously they've just put the, the kids out in the FA Cup haven't they but it's going to start picking up in the next few weeks Champions League is on the horizon so everyone's fighting fit um, Klopp had plenty to say as he usually does a little bit about Mourinho he, he suggested that um, this is a Tottenham team that are going to be defend them first but they've got too much quality to, um, to overlook as an attacking team um, and I think he's quietly relishing the coming head-to-head with, with Jose again.
1: We'll, we'll sort of break down the, the press conference, go through uh, a few of the themes. But Theo, talking of the injuries, and it's one of your, Jürgen Klopp's favourite things to do, it doesn't put a time length on it, but if a player's out,
3: they are out. Yeah, definitely. It's, it makes sense, doesn't it? When Liverpool's squad is so strong with the depth that they can just step in and not really miss them. Like, you think when Fabinho got injured in the Champions League, there'd have been huge panic about that one. Like he is Mister Liverpool. He's like the most important player. And then... They haven't missed enough have though. they? They've barely conceded in his absence. And you can do that for all the key players now. And it makes sense at a time when Liverpool are challenging for the Premier League, they're looking so strong. Why rock the boat? Why get that panic there in the fans? If you've got such place um, faith in every single player in that squad to do the business, don't need to rush the players back. Just let them go and do the medical work on the side, get back at their own pace. And when they're ready, you can throw them in. Like we've seen before they've rushed players back and they've broken down again. It's just a very sensible way to deal with it.
1: I suppose that's one of the key things with Joe Matip, the, the fact that he's been out for so long now. Joe, Liverpool haven't missed him. I think since Joe Gomez came back in against Bournemouth and Lovren obviously got injured and he tucked inside. Liverpool haven't even conceded in the Premier League, so there is no need to rush him back.
0: No, uh, it's a testament to how good Liverpool's defensive options and the three, certainly the three centre-backs who, who slot in alongside Van Dijk are really in you know, a matter came in, had, had a really great run in the side. Um, I think we all decided that Matic was the, the long-term partner for Van Dijk. Then then he gets injured, Lovren comes in, you think, no, Lovren's playing well again. Maybe he's the long-term partner, then Lovren gets injured, Joe Gomez comes back and now I'm pretty sure we're all convinced that Gomez is the, the long-term partner. So uh, it's testament to how good they are. The the only thing about Liverpool's um, sort of style of, of not putting time frames on injuries is now, I don't know about you guys, but I go back the other way and every time someone's injured, and they go no, no time scale. I think oh that's him out for six months. Yeah. Naby Keita, yeah. for example, today there was a few little bits and pieces floating around this morning on on social media about how long he's going to be out. And as soon as Klopp said no time scale, I was thinking oh that might be a bad one because surely if it if it's not too bad, you'd say oh wasn't too bad, back in training soon. So yeah, <laughs> the only fear now is the likes of Milner and, and Keita could then be missing for three months and. And, um, you know, we've seen that before with the likes of Fabinho and Matip, uh, Lovren and Shaqiri uh, as well. You know, Shaqiri was one that sort of drifted under the radar, but when he got injured, it didn't seem like a, a massive one, did it? But how long has he been out now? Six weeks? Yeah,
2: yeah that I think he last so. played in Qatar, wasn't it? So yeah. that's nearly a month. month. That's gone quick.
0: Yeah, so it's, it does, doesn't it? And you, you don't realise, but each one, um, they, they sort of creep up on you, don't they? But I think he's back. He's back in training now. It, yeah. Will he be in the squad? I'd imagine so, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's another little boost probably we don't even realise, another little boost for Liverpool that Shaqiri is now an option again.
3: It's great mind games for us, isn't it? If we're the media second-guessing who's fit, how are the opposition teams supposed to work but, it out?
0: That's it. And, and, you know, you see Spurs. Spurs are case in point, aren't they? Harry Kane now out till April. Um, they pretty much said that straight away. And Yeah. You know, I, I don't mean to be harsh on Spurs, but you almost almost right their season off a little bit now, don't you? you know I don't know what ambitions they, that they had, but they're going to struggle, aren't they, without him? Yeah, you definitely think so. But talking on, I suppose, the system Liverpool have,
1: and you alluded to it there, Joe, with talking about how the defenders have chopped and changed through the season and we've said, oh, they're the best player in that position at the time being. But looking at the whole now Liverpool squad you're beginning to look at the defensive midfield role and say the same. It was six weeks ago, we were saying how Fabinho was the best in world football in that number six role. Henderson slotted in there and been brilliant. Does it speak more about the wider system now that Jurgen Klopp's built? The players are familiar with it. No major signings in the summer. And that, I suppose, Gorsty that cohesion that's been built now is, is really sort of bearing fruit.
2: Yeah, so this is a team now that's been together for two years. If um, you think of Van Dijk and... And Allison have come in, and then Fabinho the same summer as as Allison. But generally, it's a team that have played together for so many games, a um, couple of seasons now, and, and continuity has been the key, hasn't it? I don't think anyone really need. don't think Liverpool needed the major surgery back in the summer when they just won the Champions League. I just think sometimes people get a little bit. Excited with the potential of transfers, don't they? And they like seeing new players come in. It's not always warranted. Um, certainly wasn't for Liverpool in the summer, so they didn't need to go and splash out on anyone. Harvey Elliott and Sepp Van the only ones coming in, and, and obviously Adrian as, as the backup on a free transfer. And I think we we might see something similar this summer. I mean, you look at the pool squad now. You think where where can they improve that first eleven? It's a tough one um, because of how good they are now. They're undoubtedly, obviously, world champions, European champions looking like they could be English champions, they're the best team in the world. So it's all about fostering that you know, that, that continuity and just continuing on with the same players, doing the same jobs, know exactly what they're doing each time they step out onto the pitch. Um, and it's it's almost the reason why some signings take time to, to bed in as well. You look at Fabinho and, and Keita, it took them a while because they were getting used to what was demanded of them by Jürgen Klopp. So um, I just think... Keeping this nucleus together, the core, this core team together as long as they can is going to be so vital to what Klopp and Liverpool are hoping to do. And Jurgen Klopp was
1: very modest in the press conference today. He was asked back to his first press conference, the normal one quote. And he was talking about it and he said, well, there's nothing extraordinary about me. I'm a 52-year-old man. I know probably a little bit more about football. That was downplaying it a little bit, wasn't it, Theo? Because it does seem as though the whole thing at Liverpool, if it's not Jurgen Klopp, it's everything that's been built and put in place is special because we see the kids come in last weekend and, well, they did exactly what they did in the Cup and saw off Everton. It's just everything
3: right about Liverpool comes from Klopp and the way he is with the whole team. It isn't just the first team, it's the whole way down. And the fact that he isn't there going, oh, this is me, this is what I have built, taking credit for it. That's what you want to see in a manager. The fact that he'll let his players go forward and take that credit, like he was saying them for the cup game, if they'd lost... He put the team out. That was completely his fault, but they won. They did the job. That is credit to Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott and all the other young lads there to go and perform. And the fact that there is such faith in those youngsters to go out and step up into the team and they've all got the belief that they can go and perform right the way down, it's credit to what he's doing. But like I said, it's not the Jurgen Klopp show. He's always, when he wins, say, manager of the month like he's done today, that is the coaching stuff, That is the players. It's the whole setup up there.
1: And, and the Everton result, Joey, immediately before he even got on to talking about it, said Vita Matos, since he's been brought in, has been yeah, absolutely yeah. unbelievable. He's the guy who's in charge of this development phase for the players.
0: Yeah, I thought that was fascinating, actually. I thought, I thought everything he said on the whole youngsters and and how they, they're they sort of brought into the first team set I thought was really, really interesting. So he's clearly, um, it, was, it was a role that they were really keen to fill because I think when Linders was doing it, um, they, were, they were really high on Linders and then obviously he got promoted, but he left and came back and got promoted. And then um, Matos has clearly quickly established himself as a as an important guy. I think when you, whenever you see training ground pictures or video and, and the same on the sidelines, you can see that he's immediately very involved. He seems to be alongside Klopp a lot. So it's quite interesting. And I thought, you know, he made some really good points. He talked in there about the Aston Villa game when they got beat 5-0 wasn't that much different in terms of the beginning of the game to the Everton game in terms of they played quite well they played some decent football they were good on the ball but they gave away a few chances and whereas in the in the Aston Villa game they didn't have the sort of older spine to, to keep them in it which Adrian did and certain other players and in the Aston Villa game it, it, they sort of folded and, and lost those goals and and then, then struggled afterwards and I thought what Klopp said so to, to the press was so interesting because you'd be saying the same to the, the young players, and it it must feel good to to be one of those young players and hear that from the manager and and know that a five nil defeat might look heavy, but Klopp was pleased with what he was saying, and I, I think he talks about being normal. Well, just, there's nothing normal about Jurgen Klopp. He's totally abnormal. He's 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 just you know he's the best manager in the world for me. He, everything good that Liverpool comes from him. Um, and, you know, long may it continue. Uh, you can't put into words how good he's been for this club. If you think about how negative it, it was when, when Rodgers was sort of coming to the end of his his, his tenure and, you know, the, the defeat at Stoke and stuff like that. And it, it was really dour and negative. And, and then Klopp came in and just overnight picked them all up and, and slowly but surely has put together an absolute like uh, machine of a, a football team.
1: The thing I find absolutely astonishing with it all is twenty games played in the Premier League, nineteen wins. I mean, one draw. It's it's not even Arsenal invincible levels. It was mentioned in the press conference they were on. I think forty nine points. It was said yeah. at this stage they were rubbish. They? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they were on forty nine points at this stage. I mean, obviously, City's, Centurions, Liverpool can surpass that start to the season with a win at Spurs, but it's absolutely incredible. The, the, The ability to just keep reeling off wins with what, if you compare it to the City Centurion squad, yes, it's been assembled for a fair bit of money, Liverpool's, but the squad depth probably isn't the same. Mm.
2: No, it isn't. You're right. Um, I think if you look at Liverpool's subs across the three games, across Christmas and New Year, so seven subs a game, that's 21 subs, nine of them were were academy players, you know, Harvey Elliott and Nico Williams and the likes. Liverpool haven't got the, the depth that Manchester City have got. And they've been hit with injuries, in fairness, which is, getting a little bit overlooked outside of you know our little bubble um, if you think of Jadon Shaqiri Fabinho, Lovren and Matup, um Naby Keita they have, uh, haven't had their full team available for months now really, their full full complement of players, so Klopp's managed the, the resources fantastically well across December, somehow managed to come away from December with the World Club Cup and a 13 point lead at the top of the Premier League, ok the Carabao Cup has fallen by the wayside but That's collateral damage for Liverpool and they lose too much sleep over that. Um, It's just been fantastically managed. Um, But you can say that about, as Joe mentioned there, his entire four-year tenure at Anfield has just been such a remarkable turnaround. And they go into this game against Tottenham on Saturday. Um, They were Champions League finalists less than six months ago and and Liverpool have just streaked away from them and from everyone else and are now just the world's best team for me. It's
3: almost you don 't realize how special they are until you break it down like that, like mm-hmm. phil thompson 's been saying. This team are better than the team he played. in. Like you think Liverpool fans, they still sing about the legends of the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, but they weren't picking up these many points, these many wins. They were just, like the Arsenal Invincibles, grinding out the results, doing enough to get by. Liverpool just destroyed teams left, right and centre. And even if it's not the best free-flowing football, they still go and find a way to get these convincing victories. Just keep on going. Like they should not be in this situation after December they've had with all those injuries. And yet they're looking stronger than ever. Four years
0: in terms of a turnaround from what he, what he did isn't that long, long a time period, really. You know, I think, you think back to when Hulé arrived and then Benitez arrived and there was all these talk about five-year plans and they'd, they'd sort of add to the squad, but, I mean, four years to go from being, you know, what what are they finishing Klopp's first year back in the Rodgers? 7th, 8th. Yeah, and, and to go from being, you know, that bad to this good? I mean, it's not just, they're not just challengers now. They're by far and away the best team in the country and, and hopefully that, that gets confirmed in May, but, it it is remarkable, you know. I, I, all right, yeah, he's he's made big signings, but he's not exactly he's not gone out every summer and spent a hundred million. You know, he's actually had a summer of not signing pretty much any senior star. I mean, how many how many managers can say that they that they they've done that sort of thing? It it is remarkable, and like Theo was saying, then, you only really realize how, how good it is until you break it down and and think about it and compare it to some of those other teams of the past or or teams that I've grown up watching, and, and, and you're thinking, oh. All this one final piece of the jigsaw and all that you know that you used to wait for and 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 Klopp before our eyes has, has put it together so fast, doesn't it? It's um, it's amazing. And, and just quickly, it's funny how you, Gorsley mentioned about injuries, their narratives form and this idea that Liverpool haven't had injuries because because City have had one major injury in, in Laporte, which is which has hurt them, but Liverpool have had so many major injuries and and got over them and they they got over them and they don't spend anywhere near as much money as City. I don't, I don't care what people say. City have spent money for years upon years and, and Liverpool might have signed one or two big, big players, but they've not spent the, the depth of money that City have. and Yeah, Liverpool have dealt with loads of injuries, loads of injuries that, that nobody can say that they haven't had setbacks this season and dealt with it because they have. Lost the keeper for, what, three months? Lost the holding Is midfielder it, for two I mean, months. Oxlade-Chamberlain
2: yeah. was out, wasn't he? Yeah. Nathaniel Klein hasn't, hasn't kicked the ball. Yeah. Do, yeah. Do, 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 I mean, you can name what... Seven or eight first team players who've been injured um, since the start of the season, um, but Liverpool have just managed it well. They haven't looked to make an excuse, or you know, it would have been an easy mitigation to say, "Well, we've got X amount of players on the shelf, so we've mm. only drew this game." They haven't looked looked at that at all. But I think that's testament to the mentality of the squad and the the way the Klopp's kind of drum that into them, alongside you know his staff.
0: Well, that, that's a good point in the goalkeeper because Liverpool lost their first choice goalkeeper and not just their first, a, a world record at the time signing for three months at the start of the season and they, they, they brought in a free transfer from West Ham and and City's second choice goalkeeper cost them £13 million and, and can't catch a ball. So, like, Champions League winning goalkeeper. So, so the Liverpool not deserve more credit for dealing with a major, major injury, one of their, by far, one of their best players. Going out for a large chunk of the season, it was almost overlooked. It was like, oh, it's a new goalkeeper. Yeah, you look
3: but, at that as well. When Barcelona let Bravo go, is oh, he knows the Guardiola style of football, yeah. the good at his feet, passing it out. Whereas Klopp said when Adrian came in, yeah, he's doing all right, but we've got to teach him the Liverpool way yeah. here, get him up to speed. And Adrian's just settled in really well. With Bravo, he looks worse every time you see him play. Exactly. he yeah. Yeah.
1: Speak to the volumes that Klopp was asked in the press conference about Manny winning the African player of the year, that he'd come from Southampton, Robertson from Hull, Wijnaldum from Newcastle United, Adrian from West Ham. It's, it's another example, but on the injury theme and the players who have come out from the wings to waiting in the wings to come into the first team and, and really shine when given a chance in the system that they know so well that we've spoken about. For me, I think the next one that could come off for Liverpool perhaps would be Adam Lallana. Naby is injured. Oxlade-Chamberlain's obviously coming back from injury. The way he, took on the responsibility in that youthful side against Everton. Yes, his contract may be coming to an end and some may may feel he's probably passed his best at Liverpool, but you do feel perhaps that this could be a crucial time. I know we'll come on to picking our teams, but he's still got a lot left to offer.
2: Yeah, undoubtedly. I think when he when he took the captain's armband, he, he turned in a real skipper's performance and he, he co- coached so many of those young players through what was a, a difficult game and an intense atmosphere with 8,000 Everton fans in the away end. Um, I thought he was great he, the thing I like about Lallana is he's kind of reinvented himself now into a, a number six um, but he combines a little bit of like the English mentality where you, you're not scared to throw a tackle in and you're you you know, you, you're quite tenacious with the on the ball ability of a, of a Spanish type of player almost, you know, two great feet great balance and awareness um, great vision and I think sometimes football in general are too quick to discard the players who are Maybe getting on a bit. He's only thirty-one, um, so we still got a few years ahead of him, I think. And I think Liverpool, uh, in the same way that they've done with James Milner, they've just recognised that this is a a player with so much experience and quality. We can't afford to let him go for nothing. Let's get another year on on the contract, and and see how see how they go. I think Klopp would like that to happen. I think it's uh, I think the ball might be in the court at this this point. I feel a bit
3: sorry for Adam Milana, because you think he is in the same boat as James Milner yep. experienced players they've been there they've done it all and he's got that versatility as well. Yeah, you're not going to see him play at left back, but he can play anywhere in that midfield. He can play behind the striker. He can play on either flank. The only thing that is different there is he's had a few injuries and he's one of those players that when he's had one injury, he needs a run of games to get it out of his system, to get back. And he's not going to get back in the team and get that run of games when he's been out the team because of how strong the squad depth is. But seen this year, he's not really picking up the injuries and he's shown his quality. He's coming in big moments like Everton in the derby when he's not really had much of a look in. It was a captain's performance after losing Milner. Um, coming off the bench at Old Trafford, getting a vital equaliser, he's showing he's still got quality there. And it seems so long ago now where he was Klopp's go-to man. Like you think when they're qualifying for the Champions League for that first time, he's scoring vital goals, he scores against Middlesbrough there. There is obviously a quality player there and what he's achieved as part of this Liverpool team in this Klopp journey, it can't be overlooked. And I'm hopeful that he can come in and still have these few chapters left to say whether he's leaving in the summer, he's leaving in a year's time. You look at last year, Storage, still had a story to sell when his contract was running out. Moreno still contributed a little bit behind the scenes. Mingalay, all these players, they're all important and he's just showing how good he is on and off the pitch.
0: I think fans just get a bit tired. You know, how long has Lallana been in Liverpool now? Four or five years? 2014. So, you know, he's been there a long time. And I think something fresh is just exciting. It's like, if you've been with your partner a long time, things get a bit boring and then suddenly you go on a nice night out and you remember. <laughs> it's remember, Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying, it has a happy ending, this this, this story, this comparison. So it's the same for Lallana. He you know, comes back in, plays well and you think, actually, he's actually a good player and, and you just forget about it because he's not been in and around the team and he's been there a long time and I think people think, oh, we'll buy someone else and he's far better. But, Lalana's still got a role to play and like Theo says I hope that he goes out on a high if he does leave the club I mean if he if he does and, and goes out with a Premier League winner, winner's medal and maybe more than that because he he totally deserves it um, he's been a good servant he's always worked hard he's, he's been really unlucky with injuries at Liverpool you know and I think 25 million probably in today's market he's probably just about justified that you know during his time at Liverpool and helped them help them in a Fantastic period in their history.
3: You think if he hadn't got that goal against Barrow, they hadn't qualified for the Champions League. Yep. How much has the club made yeah. off the back of that? Yeah. yeah, I
0: mean that that whole season, like you said, he was he was brilliant, and he he, he played in a tr- transitional period for Klopp's team, didn't he? Before they really became a really dangerous side, they were outworking teams, and he was the one that you know inverted commas we used to say leads the press, didn't he? Mm. He he seemed to be one of the first players to get it, and um, you know, and, and now to reinvent himself again, fair play because. I, I never saw Lallana as a deeper line player. I always thought he would be someone in the front three or or just behind, but he's, like Gorty said, he, he's, he sort of adapted his talents, hasn't he, to a different position.
1: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. do we best check in with you, given it is January and the sales are on, the transfer window's open, Liverpool have done business, Minamino's come in and Jürgen Klopp's spoken about his debut, said we put him perhaps in... The most natural position for him through the middle in the first game. Rian Brewster's gone out on loan to Swansea City. I mean, Jurgen Klopp seems to be quite happy with the business that's been done both ways so far.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think I think Liverpool only swooped for Minamino you know, when he realised that he had a seven point two five million release clause. I think if that wouldn't have been unearthed through the good work of Michael Edwards and his relationship with his uh, Salzburg counterpart um, Christoph Freund, I think um, that would never have been known, so Liverpool wouldn't have made that move. I think privately they thought he was worth three times as much as that, and I'd probably argue that it's even more than that when you think of what Premier League players are going for these days. So that was um, that was a great bit of detective work, if you like, from Liverpool. They swooped and, and brought him in, um, and he can play in a number of positions. Can't he? and Klopp was saying as much in his press conference, saying he plays as a number nine for Japan, he can play as a number ten, he can play on the wings... And um, I think he'll be a good addition. He, he's, he seems to be someone who's got quite a lot of quality on the ball, but he also tends to harry and, and press opponents high up to win the ball, which is very much the Jürgen Klopp way, isn't it? So I'm looking forward to seeing how he develops over the next few months. I think we might see the best of him next season, but um, another intriguing option for Klopp.
3: It's kind of interesting how Saltsbed. Dealt with that whole transfer, isn't it? Because usually, you think release clauses. Clubs don't like to give that information away. They want yeah. to keep hold of their assets. So you might feel that Salzburg probably felt probably going to lose him if not now in the summer. But if he goes to the European champions, if he goes to the World Champions, we can then say to the next crop of players, we're signing. Look, come here, do a few years, and then you can go to a club yeah. like that. They've got Cater, they've got Mane, and it's like they're using Liverpool's name for their own interests, and that's why that relationship's building. Hopefully, it can continue.
1: How big a move do you think it is, Joe, for Ryan Brewster going to? Swansea in the championship and finally after all this talk about him a chance mm-hmm. for regular football we can actually see what kind of forward he is and perhaps whether he's going to be up to the job long term.
0: Yeah I think I think it's really important for him to, to be honest it, he was a player that he's clearly impressed in training clearly Klopp sees something in him because you know if you think back to the summer one of the reasons Liverpool didn't sign a forward is because they rate him so highly um, but I just think injuries and and Bad timing. I think he's had injuries at the wrong times, hasn't he? And, and you know, he, he's just not been able to to break into Liverpool's team, or or at least take any. Uh, this, this sounds a bit harsh because it's not like he's played badly when I've seen him, but not he's not taking any big chances as he when they've come come his way. Um, and I, I've still none the wiser as to what sort of yeah. forward he is. Yeah. Um, I think he's clearly quite technically good, but perhaps has a bit of development still to go. Physically, he's, he still looks quite a slight, young lad. Um, so the championship should should certainly toughen him up. I mean, Swansea, one of the better teams of the championship, playing some decent football. So hopefully he goes there and, and um, comes back, having scored a few goals with a bit more confidence. Um, I think it's a, a bit of a crossroads for him now, because I think if he makes the most of this, he can come back and kick on. But I think if he struggles and perhaps doesn't hold down a regular place there, then you've got to start thinking what does the future actually hold for him and whether there is one at Liverpool but it's a good move for him it's interesting that Klopp said that he would be the only one um, you know I think I think he's probably just ahead of the, the likes of Jones where he's at the stage where he needs to play regular football whereas Jones can have the odd cameo here and there and, and, and probably be quite happy with that but Brewster needs to kick on I think yeah
2: I think Brewster's been very unlucky in the, the results that Liverpool have had I think if there had have been more games where they were winning at a canter, he'd have been given his Premier League bow before today. It's a fact that Liverpool have been fighting and chasing games to the very end pretty much most weeks. If you look through the results, then Klopp hasn't been able to, to give him a shout because you know a league title is on the line and he can't be thrown in a young lad with no Premier League experience to try and save today. So I think he's been unlucky in that sense, but I agree with Joe. It's a, it's a big, big few months for him now to see... basically for him to kind of define himself as a striker and and what type of player he is. And uh, good luck to him in in the Championship, as Joe says. It will soften him up and um, give him much needed senior exposure. we
1: (coughs) We best get on to talking about Tottenham Hotspur then, Theo. And looking at the game, it's a game that two and a half years ago, away at Tottenham Hotspur, perhaps, with Joe saying how far... Liverpool have come under Jurgen Klopp. Perhaps it was this fixture, a couple of seasons back now, that really set the wheels in motion. Yeah, we have to talk about this four 0. four one.
3: Sorry, uh, Tottenham's always been a tough place to go for Liverpool historically in the Premier League. Like even when they were at White Hart Lane, there was massive drought. It's like Stamford Bridge. Liverpool didn't get results there, and then there was this period under Brendan Rodgers when they were starting to get results. The tide was turning a bit, and then Liverpool obviously had that massive collapse. Jurgen Klopp's come in, built them up again and they have just gone two completely separate directions there. Yeah, they're in the Champions League final against each other last year, but since that 4-1, the stat is what, Liverpool have only lost four games in the league. Tottenham have lost like four of the last 12. Mourinho's got a massive rebuilding job on there, like Klopp did when he came in at Liverpool. And it just shows how good Liverpool are, how good Klopp is, that Liverpool can now go and say that they are at this much of a better position than the side they faced in the Champions League final only,
0: what, six months ago? It's crazy. It's a weird place, Tottenham, it feels like. It's been a bit of place of significant results for Liverpool. Certainly throughout my lifetime, I think back to Gus Poyet scored, didn't he, when they killed off like Hugues' title challenge and they yeah. finished second. Mm-hmm. Um, think it's one about of
3: the um, first Gerard captain once as well. No 2 No, oh,
0: yeah, when he went, yeah, he scored at the end, didn't he? Um, I I always remember Benitez getting them first day of the season twenty two thousand and nine ten. And it, it was just almost the wrong place to yeah. be on the first yeah. day of the season when they were they were adapting to life without Alonso, and they got beat there, and it kind of signaled the end of Benitez's, well, the the, the sort of slow downfall of Benitez's era. And then the Rodgers game when they won five nil felt like the the result that sort of gave them the confidence to go on and have, have that crazy assault at the title. So, and then for Klopp the four one. Was almost a watershed moment. And made them go out. i made him. I'm pretty sure he had plans, but I think certainly confirmed in his head that they needed perhaps a better defender and a better goalkeeper. So, um, you know, it, there has been some big results either way, defeats or, or wins down there, and, and hopefully this is another big one and signals a Liverpool putting top them right in the rear view.
2: Yeah,
1: and added to that, not not a Liverpool win, but Jurgen Klopp's first game at White Hart Lane. Of course, it's not White Hart Lane now. It's basically on the same lot of land, but we got to call it the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Tottenham Hotspur, yeah. It's a
2: new uh, new venue for Liverpool to head to. Yeah, first ever time that they've gone there. Um, looking forward to it, seeing what, what it's all about. Theo's already been, he shows me that everything's up to standard, up to scratch. Oh, um, you so, get better food than I do. <laughs> <laughs> what did you go for? Um, I got uh, corporate tickets. Oh,
3: oh,
0: sorry. Oh, oh sorry, it. when did you watch the, uh, the game the other week? <laughs> <laughs>
2: so yeah I mean it's, uh, it's a little bit of history really when you think Liverpool's first ever first ever venture there um, that 4-1 defeat at Wembley in October 2017 was a, a watershed moment as we say I think Liverpool already had plans to, to bring in Van Dyke but that will have steeled the, the determination from the backroom staff no doubt after that day um, that was a, a harrowing afternoon for Liverpool and as Theo says they've only lost what, was a four league game since mm-hmm um, so yeah I mean it, it, it's been a, a huge transformation hasn't it and now since that Champions League final in June the teams seem to have gone in opposite directions loads of questions over Christian Eriksen's future um, and Dom Le doesn't seem to have settled too much um, Lo Celso seems to be in and out the team I mm. think so there are loads of question marks over this Tottenham team um, it hasn't been a magic one from Mourinho as soon as he's come in So I think Liverpool can kind of take advantage of a little bit of turmoil there tomorrow and just get another massive three points.
1: Yeah, we know they've obviously no Harry Kane. He's picked up that hamstring injury and is out for a good while. But in terms of Mourinho, familiar enemy for Liverpool. I think he's faced Liverpool more than any other side in his managerial career. But the Tottenham side doesn't quite seem to have the hallmarks of a normal Mourinho side. I think he's had 12 games now and only kept one clean sheet. So what are we expecting, Spurs to come out and play or... A very, very rearguard action with, as Jurgen Klopp alluded to, pace on the break from them, perhaps.
2: Yeah, well, they, they might not have a say in that, really, if, if Liverpool go for it. Tottenham might spend most of the afternoon under the cosh, but what, I, what they do do well is, is um, long balls over the top to, for Deli Alley to, to kind of run beyond Kane. Not too sure who's going to deputise in, in Kane's place, to be honest, but Deli Alley seems to have rediscovered a little bit of sparkle since Mourinho's come in. Obviously, he had a Bit of a torrid time this season under Pochettino, so he'll be a threat. Um, Serge Aurier seems to be one who's picked up a bit of form as well down the right side of defence, so he might be an outlet as well. But yeah, I mean, I think think Tottenham might have to go on the counter-attack um, tomorrow evening. But I think it'll be an interesting one, actually. I mean, it always is when Mourinho's involved. Might he try something a little bit unorthodox and a little bit of a surprise? But um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Perhaps not original, but you get the feeling, Joe, that Trent could be key
1: for Liverpool because you recall that game at Old Trafford where Marcus Rashford got the better of him. Mm-hmm. But Mourinho, during his time at United, was good at basically shutting down Liverpool at the top end of the pitch. Yeah, Trent, being the creator now, player of the month, could be the man who holds the key.
0: Yeah, well, to be honest, there were some fascinating comments from Mourinho after that United game. He was on Sky. And um, we picked up on them yesterday. It was just interesting. He, he was talking about how you should play against this Liverpool team. And he, he said, you play a low block and you, you can't give them space. Um, so I think he will set up like that tomorrow. Um, he's a spoiler, isn't he? And I'm, I don't get me wrong, I don't think he's the same Mourinho. He just lacks the charisma he did, you know, when he first came in. And, you know, he, he seems to be a bit more dour than he used to be. But I still think he's very clever and cute and he'll know wouldn't surprise me if he sets up and gets some sort of 0-0 nil, nil or 1-0 tomorrow because because that's the way he is but then it wouldn't surprise me if it goes the other way because it doesn't seem to have quite happened for him at Tottenham um, so it'll be interesting I think they'll sit in I think they'll really try and dig in make it difficult uh, just try and catch Liverpool like Gorsi said play those balls over the top uh, try and get in behind full backs if Liverpool overcommit. commit but um, yeah he will look to spoil he'll probably try and yeah get close to Trent and, and, and Robertson and stop them getting crosses in but a lot of people have tried, haven't they? A lot Every team's tried this season and, and not many, only Man United have managed to even make them drop two points, never mind all three. So, uh, good luck to him. You know, I, I think Liverpool are at a stage now. They're not like the Liverpool teams he's faced in the past that had clear weaknesses that he could take advantage of. This is a Liverpool side that is absolutely brilliant at everything they do. So, um, He's going to have to be, uh, Mourinho's going to have to be at his very, very best to to get something out of the game.
3: It's an interesting one as well because Mourinho has always had this identity in the past and it's almost lost that. Whereas Spurs are a team without identity. Do they sometimes play three at the back with Sanchez, Adeverald, Vatongan, who on paper should be good centre backs? Or do they go for like the diamond, they sometimes do, or the 4 2 3 1, 4 3 3? And it's always, they've got pieces of the puzzle there, but it's never the whole package. So Lloris in goal, he's injured at the moment he's not the quality keeper he once was the reserve lad Kazinga he's not all that he doesn't seem to be there's always been question marks about the full backs right from thinking a few years ago Danny Rose and Carl Walker they were boss Well, Aurier's right who's the left back now it's still Rose isn't he but he might go they seem to want to offload him every summer at the moment Sessun Long's come in and he's what teenager central midfielders so many questions there and then you've got like Deli Ali. Of course, he said he wasn't at his best. Lucas Morris had a bit of a hissy fit, that he's not a striker, he wants to play at wide and he never seems to play there. Son gets sent off every other week now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's what's is isn't
0: he? Angry fella.
1: In terms of Liverpool, though, they can set this record for the best start in the top five league. But then beyond that, are we now, it seems crazy, mid-January thinking about it, are we beginning to think about...
2: Going the season unbeaten. Oh, well, it was actually put to to Cop, uh, <laughs> this morning, and it was Vinny O'Connor from Sky, and he just said, "Oh, Vinny, Vinny, you know, come on, why are you asking me that?" And then he, he answered it as, as he does. But I don't think anyone at Liverpool is seriously thinking about that. Um, I actually wrote it in one of the match relics. I Think it might have been Sheffield United. I said if they carry on in in this this vein of form for the next you know three or four weeks, five weeks, it's gonna it's gonna start creeping it into, into the. Into the conversation, um, some people might find it ludicrous. Someone like Joe, <laughs> 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 it's
0: ludicrous to talk about it now, though. Yeah, that's not well, I mean,
2: But as, as long as, it, as it, if it carries on over the next mm. few weeks, it's good. People are going to start talking about it more and more. Um, I still think it's probably a little bit too soon to be sh- to be saying that it can be done. But um, the longer they go on beating the more it's going to come into focus. That's yeah, what,
1: it's still got basically everyone to play. a Trip to the Etihad. Yeah.
2: Trip to Goodison yeah. Park. Manchester
1: United to come to Anfield there is a lot still left to, to be written.
0: Yeah, what frustrates me about it is people will build it up and it won't come from Liverpool and it won't even come from Liverpool fans. It will come from outside who build it up. Liverpool want to go unbeaten. And then as soon as they lose a the game, they'll make out like, ah, oh, Liverpool have lost their unbeaten record as if anyone was particularly worried. Yeah. Yeah. the it's only bad thing, enough
2: when someone ran past Van Dyke. once. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and
0: it was like, it didn't come from Liverpool, but suddenly it, it becomes like, oh yeah, someone dribbled past Van Dyke, and, and Liverpool have been desperate for that.
2: No, they haven't. No, no one cares.
0: You know, at the end of the day, the only thing that matters for Liverpool is win the league. If they win it by a point, if they win it on goal difference, nobody will care. It it doesn't matter if they lose 10 games between now and the end of the season if they lift the league title. So if you want to talk about unbeaten runs, we'll talk about it in May when there's three games to go and Liverpool are unbeaten. But it's January. So I just I just don't see the point. I just think it's it's just something to... to uh, we're, we're all in the media. It's something to write, isn't it? And um, I, I don't... I just, I just think it's ludicrous to talk about it now. And I'm
3: beating runs. You shouldn't be talking about it as oh, Liverpool can go in invincible. Does it really matter? Like, I us say you get the trophy at the end of the day, it should be try and win the league as early as possible if you can keep this yeah. form up. So, say you've won it in mid-April. Well, then if you're still in the Champions League, you're in the quarterfinals, semi-finals. Have the league out the way, and then you can go. Well, maybe we can make it a special season by getting that as well. Yeah, so that one's been knocked on the head. We best then. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely
1: fine. We best wrap things up with our predicted teams and match results then. I take it we're all going for Alisson in goal aren't? Andy Lonigan <laughs>
0: Every week, Andy Lonigan. Yeah. Of course, the uh, Bolton loyalty's there. They can play on the last day of the season. when, the, yeah, when, that's, when that's not the reason a, why. The, even, even if the unbeaten can Yeah, yeah. Just lash him in there. Yeah. Uh, in
1: terms of defence then, how do we think we're looking? Come to you, Gorsdy, on this.
2: Yeah, since Alexander-Arnold will come back, I think loads of the team will be well-rested from not playing against Everton. So it's going to be Trent, uh, Robertson, Gomez and Van Dijk.
3: Is anyone else fit?
1: That's
3: <laughs> Well, it, I, I think
2: Matip might come back onto the bench, but he won't be anywhere near match fit.
1: You mentioned Liverpool haven't conceded in five games. They've only been trailing in the Premier League this season in it, in the entirety of the division so far for 189 minutes, which just sort of bears testament yeah. to that defence and yeah. the amount of changes into the midfield. Was then. most of that against Tottenham? Tottenham and Aston Villa. United. Yeah. yeah. We'll uh, get into the midfield then. Midfield three are we all going for?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And I suppose Henderson. I'm going to go one out them Oxlade-Chamberlain because I think if, if he does want to sit in deep know, Oxlade-Chamberlain has a shot on him, doesn't he? And you think mm. a, player, a player with a bit of power and who likes to get to shoot from the edge of the box might... He wouldn't do well against Tottenham as well, would he? Arsenal yeah, allegiances. and they also, you know, at Bournemouth they they chip balls over the top to him didn't they quite well? And he he scored there, yeah. didn't he? And, and it, so I I just think maybe that might be something different that they, they might go for. I'm
2: saying that, there's not many options to no. argue otherwise, is there? Lalana's is the only the only other one, mm. I think. So yeah, I'd, I'd go the same as you.
0: Same.
1: And then to the forward three again, are we all agreed?
3: Curtis yeah. Jones, Harvey Elliott, then Rain Brewster can come back for a week. <laughs> nah same three isn't it it's got to be
2: yeah I mean <coughs> Origi might have a half a shout but I think those three after the rest that they've had will be uh, fit and firing
1: yeah. and into our match predictions then Joe come to you first score prediction
0: I I fancy Liverpool tomorrow 2-1 2-1 0-0
1: 0
0: let's
3: get one of the drop points out of the
1: way mm. I might go with a one all yeah and I'm going to go 3-0 to Liverpool. 3-0, 3-0 to Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, any surprise the I just think Spurs think one clean sheet and 12 under Mourinho. Mm. okay Players 1-0. don't seem to quite be on side with what he's wanting to do. And this Liverpool side are just absolutely brilliant.
3: How many of uh, those are going to Oxlade-Chamberlain?
1: I think Lallana might play, personally. I think jinking in sort of those half spaces, I think he... He could be the man to break the low block, but we'll have to wait and see how things play out. Of course, the Blood Red Podcast will be back with you on Monday to react and review to everything at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. But until next time, it's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.